December last year, I started having headaches, which are very unusual for me. The headaches became constant and didn't respond to any over-the-counter or prescribed medication. After four weeks of continual headaches, the day before my eldest daughter's birthday party this January, I was driving her to school and I suddenly developed double vision. I could see two cars, two white lines, two of everything. I was unable to see properly and had to manage with one eye closed preparing and hosting her party. To make it worse, within 48 hours, my left eye developed a major squint, which, when coupled with the location of the pain, wasn't an encouraging sign. I was distraught. On Monday, I went to see a Cairo, as I thought it might be muscular. But when he saw me, he referred me immediately to a neurologist. My husband and I headed straight to the hospital, but were trusting that this would be a routine appointment. However, the neurologist diagnosed me with what is known as a sixth nerve palsy, which means that one of the nerves which controls your eye movement has a weakness. I was immediately admitted to hospital and was sent for an MRI. The condition can be caused by a number of major factors, including a stroke, tumours, or brain hemorrhage. I was in severe pain, which only seemed to increase over the days in hospital and was further submitted to a number of blood tests and a lumbar puncture. The positive news was that the tests all came back clear with regards to the most sinister causes. However, there was nothing clearly identifiable and the neurologist was stumped. The best he could do was focus on pain management, which by this time had elevated to opiate level alongside anti-inflammatories and at, at four times the recommended dose. It was hectic. There was nothing they could do for me in terms of treating the cause because they could not find the cause. And after four days, I was discharged. However, by this time, the palsy had switched from my left eye to my right eye, which really threw the neurologist and prompted him to consider an autoimmune disease, which would have required lifelong medicinal management. But before the fear could take root, God, in his infinite kindness, had gone before us and given a specific word to a friend, which counted that option even before it was considered. And so we understood we were not to partner with fear, but we had heaven's encouragement instead. I was, however, completely incapacitated, unable to drive, and some days I couldn't even get out of bed. As a mom of three young children, this was an incredibly difficult place to find myself. And the pain was debilitating and very frustrating. On one of the days when I was feeling particularly awful and sorry for myself, I was feeling very abandoned by God. I just couldn't sense him with me. Then, it was like he had placed me in the cleft of the rock to protect me. And he showed me that I was staring into the back of the rock, wondering where he was, when all I had to do was turn around and change my perspective. The neuro's feedback was that, based on his experience, only a minority of these cases had no clear cause for the condition. And where this happened, only 30% of that minority spontaneously recovered. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. My husband and I had suspected for a few weeks that this affliction was a spiritual battle. When I reread my journal leading up to this time, so many of my prayers were asking God to open my spiritual eyes, to help me see. So it's pretty ironic then that my eyesight was being affected. The fact that the neurologist was completely unable to identify a cause strengthened our belief, and we really began to press hard into praying and seeking release. We prayed, worshipped, fasted, took communion almost every day, and numerous friends and family prayed with me and over me. Amazing people in our church brought meals, and friends helped with lifting the kids to and from school. After a few weeks, I had to learn to drive with an eye patch. Collecting the kids from school was always fun. Hordes of kids would gather around me, wanting to know if I was a pirate, or actually had an eye under my eye patch. After week two, some of them suggested that I'd taken this dress-up thing way too far. Throughout this time, God was so near to me. Instead of offering him snippets of my time, I was forced to be still in his presence. He spoke to me so clearly, not because he doesn't speak to us each and every day, but because I had slowed down enough to actually listen. On one occasion, I was straining to see as I walked without my eye patch, and I felt him say to me, stop trying to see in the natural. While I'm still unpacking what he meant by that, I do know that we've got such a finite view of the world and I know that the unseen realm has so much impact on what we see and yet we are so often ignorant of it. I held on to these promises and I spoke them into my situation. As Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me but God intended it all for good. I knew that while God certainly didn't put this ailment on me, he would work in it to my benefit. His power didn't prevent the challenge, but he did protect me in the process. I was thoroughly convinced that he would heal me, and I clung to these words of James. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. While I may not have always approached every trial in the past with joy, this is a season that I have really cherished. I gained such a boldness over this time that was exhilarating as I prayed for people unashamedly and with the confidence that our Father in Heaven sees our needs and wants to meet them even more desperately than we do. He is all about relationship. And so I have no doubt that every single prayer that was offered up on my behalf became a part of my healing because he wants us to be a part of each other's stories. The headache started to subside after three months and I was able to wean myself off the painkillers which helped me to feel so much more present mentally. Following that, my vision started to return to normal over a period of weeks. First a few centimeters, then arm's length, then the room and so on which was a lesson in itself. I was thrilled that he was fulfilling what he had promised, but also a little disappointed. 
that I might lose the special connection that we had developed. Like the man at the pool of Bethesda, whom Jesus asked, do you want to be made well? I was tempted to stay on my mat because that was where Jesus had spoken to me. Until I realized that I can keep that closeness. I don't have to come and go from his presence. He wants to partner with me and is speaking to me just as clearly every day. On the day I left hospital, I had a vision of myself standing on a stage with a microphone in one hand and a dragon's head in the other, sharing the victory of this story. Holy Spirit wants to heal us. And no matter matter what that looks like, He is good. God kept me in the shadow of His wings. And I am so grateful to Him for all He has done in me during this time.